Listen up, Sydney. There's a new kid in town. Mick Malloy has come to play with the big boys. And there's no bigger boy than the king of the West, the Wild Panther, MG. So buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Mick and MG in the morning. (laughs) What could go wrong? A rock comedy sport. That's what we do here at the House of M's. And here's a sport you might want to wrap your tiny minds around, everybody. Uh, chess boxing. Now, it is <laughs> as it sounds. It's a combination of chess and boxing uh, where you have to straddle both disciplines. And as you can imagine, obviously, some people will lean more to one and some will lean to the other. So how it works is contestants start by battering each other with three minutes of boxing and then do a three-minute round of chess. Uh, this continues in front of a crowd for five to 12 rounds until someone's knocked out, checkmated, or wins on points. Oh, this is a real thing. Uh, yeah, this? yeah. There's, the Russians are trying to get it oh. as a demonstration oh. sport at the, uh, <laughs> at, the at the at the Olympics. Chess, boxing, uh, all I'm seeing is like, you know, a nerd on one side, Paul Gallon on the other, and the, and the, and the nerd would want to get a, check, a checkmate real soon. <laughs> he's, got, he's got three minutes before he gets the bejesus bashed out of him. It's pretty much what I'm... I don't know what else, what else I'm seeing. I'm seeing ring girls dressed like librarians. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Because you'd still have to have the ring girls, yeah. but they'd have, they'd have a more professorial... Mm. Kind of feel to the, yeah. sweater vest, I, guys. I would think, you watch that? Would you give it a go, MG? I'd give it a go. I would. I'd, I'd give. I'd love. I love like these combination sports. At the moment, there's something in America, or I think it's America, where they're kind of like wrestling each other, playing basketball. So you, if me and you are playing against each other, I'm on you. So you've got to kind of get past me, and I've got to try and get you in a wrestle hold. And then if you get past me, you then you shoot the ball um, and, and try and get two points. So I would like that to take that to another level because you like a wrestle. We wrestle in the mm. studio here often, people. And let sure. me tell you, Mick Malloy <laughs> is a very strong man. He gets him down. He bites. He bites. He's a biter. He a bites. Little, a little, I bite. <laughs> you bite. And, uh, and, and you make look, me tap. The, uh, the big punch from behind is not out of the question. I feel it's a legitimate tactic. So uh, I want to play a game with you. I'm going to come, I want to play a game with you. When we leave the studio today, we, we'll either go out, no. uh, maybe in the city somewhere. Let's play hide-and-seek wrestling. So oh, yeah. you got to hide you got to hide from me or I'm going to hide from you. And when we, and when we come upon each other, we've got to wrestle. We've got to wrestle <laughs> until someone... You, you won't see it coming, big fella. I know. I know. You'll be taken downtown. I've got a new. Uh, you go, uh, this is very similar to, to, to my game, Jiu-Jitsu Uno. Where you, where you play Uno and try and kick each other in the head at the same time. I don't know. Did, uh, Natasha Belling, have you seen this story before? Is this ringing true to you? Well, I'm just perplexed. Hide and seek wrestling. Isn't that another game a lot of other people play? You That's guys. What are... my mum, mum and dad just play that all the time. <laughs> we, we're just going to our office, Dad. Oh. Two yeah. hours of mum and dad wrestling. The horizontal foxy boxing. <laughs> what's on your shirt today, by the way, Taj? Love and protect. What's, yes. that, what's that about? Um, what's that about? That could be a, that could be a game. Could it? <laughs> no, I just don't understand what's, this. What's one. the game? Just yeah. walk up and scribble something on Taj. <laughs> hey, let's all let's all graffiti Taj. <laughs> let's give me a text though. Is that not called bullying? Anyway, I don't understand this. Why can't a chess player's not going to be good at wrestling? It's boxing. I think that's the point. 
So you get a chess so player. The, do they have to move the chess piece wearing the boxing glove? Exactly. Because I'd watch that. No, I don't that. think so. I think they'd box for three minutes. And they'd be they'd be semi good at both. They'd be semi good at both. There wouldn't be. If a you're losing, you just against... you, you just move all the pieces off the board and smash them in the head. <laughs> 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 oh, that guy took a dive as if you move your queen to horse five that early in the game. This is rigged. All right, I don't get it. Someone else. Neither do I. And uh, hot on her way around from the studio where she delivers the hard news. Well, even harder news. To uh, on how you look at it, it's time for sex talk with Natasha Belly. Oh, Tash, yeah. I told you we'd drag you down to our level eventually. It hasn't taken long at no. all. But you have two stories that came across my desk, delivered by you, I should yes. point out. And I'd like you to outline them first. Uh, first up, let's talk about ancient Rome. And out of everything they gave us, uh, the aqueducts, uh, you know, uh, organised religion, was it, what's it relating to their sex toys? What have you, what have you found out? In your study. What have you got? You don't even have an office. I don't uh, look, put it in the chat and I put a warning saying this is confronting content. What, so, why sure. are your glasses fogging up? <laughs> what do you got? A wooden object found at a Roman fort, initially thought to be a sewing tool, made <laughs> a second century sex toy. Experts say the object may be the earliest example of a wooden phallus found anywhere in the ex Roman Empire. First thought is splinters. Oh, like, ah, it well. Like, it looks like a baseball bat. It, it would have been uh, an improvement on the toys from the Stone Age. Oh. <laughs> they would have been a bit heavy. So this, the wooden sex toy was invented by the ancient Rome, hopefully followed shortly after by the invention of sandpaper. Am I right, girls? <laughs> You know, you know what? I'm guessing you would have you wouldn't have wanted to use a good wood sealer. Maybe from was there an ancient Roman Bunnings where you could go a, po- and a, poly, get, a polyfiller, a polyfiller. <laughs> oh. Maybe the Pantheon was actually just uh, an ancient sexy land. Have you ever thought of that? It's like a big sex shop. I have nothing. Uh, oh. Do you know what? Being you, you know being wooden, I reckon you would have had to knock it in. You know, like a you know like a cricket bat. You know, you oh. don't just go out and use it. You'd have to, oh. <laughs> have to work out the middle first. Pinocchio would love this. <laughs> you, you could tell where you could tell where Mum was frustrated. She'd head out to the woods with an axe, <laughs> and then just and then just start whittling for hours. All right, I think we've done the sex toy. Now you also brought us a story about a workplace injury. We need to understand. Can you please? Yes, that's the first thing that came to mind. Was this a workplace issue? And no, uh, where are the was. fallouts? Okay, okay. Australian porn star Liam Ellis has gone into excruciating detail about how he broke his penis while fi- <laughs> filming. <laughs> Mick Molloy, can you read the rest of this, please? Well, uh, suffered a life-changing penis injury while filming an intense sex scene. (laughs) After a few hours, it went black. Tell me about it. Hey, welcome to vasectomy world. Um, That's interesting, isn't it? Doing a sex scene and he's broken his penis. You know, I did a sex scene. (laughs) Here we go. In in a film once, yeah. No one else involved, just me. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is true story. I was in a film called Ride Like a Girl. Yes. 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 Where I played a trainer, and we were out at Caulfield, and they 
decided in the end not to film my sex scene because a lot of the racehorses were getting embarrassed. <laughs> I was... So how's he damaged his penis, okay. Tash? No, you go into details. No, no you've got the story. Come on, Tash, you're the hard-hitting journalist. Okay, no, I'm not. Um, basically, he was having sex at the time and apparently it caused his penis to bend and tear, oh. resulting in a penile fracture. Ah. Uh. So some Who of the research you, you do for, for the show is awesome. This is research that you just go over and abide. I love it that you bring this to the show. What did you watch to see this? Imagine a first responder. <laughs> imagine, being a, imagine being a medic on the, that set. <laughs> he bring said the wooden sex toy. he got a free circumcision out of it, which is something I've oh. always wanted. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's wow. a, that's a, Mm-hmm. All right, I think we're done here. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good morning, Sydney. Did he have income protection insurance is all I'm saying. Well, that's right. Insurance is a big issue. I tell you what, though, that is a genuine workplace injury. Yes. Let's do it. One triple three five three. Have you had a workplace injury? Tasha, have you ever, what would you have done? Fallen off a stool? I nearly uh, had my head blown off live on television. Oh, you oh we, yeah, we saw that. Can you tell me about that? Okay, well, apparently there wasn't a workplace incident report done and we had a lovely scientist coming in showing us how to make these clever explosions and it went off live on air and I remember looking at the cameraman's reaction and he literally had turned white and I thought, what's happened here? I lost my hearing and then you watch it back and I actually felt physically sick because this bottle exploded about two centimetres from my head. Wow. Wow. I fell off a uh, Shetland pony called Elvis <laughs> that I was trying to trying to ride for eight seconds and yeah, couldn't I, do it. And well, I hurt I, myself. I, I did something similar. I, I when oh, about ten years ago the the you know riding the bulls the rodeo the rodeo come to town at the um, at Homebush and yep. I was dared to ride a bull for eight seconds and that was the most scary scariest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Sitting there, a, you a go. These these are. Workplace injuries, one, triple, three, five, three. Let us know. How have you injured yourself at work? Um, uh, there we go. So eye-watering injury occurred uh, while he was in the throes of passion on set, doing what he does. Uh, so that's a compo claim. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, you know, like when, you know, when a dog has an injury, they put a little bucket on his head. Apparently, mm. they put a little bucket on his penis and, so he can't touch <laughs> it. Like the lampshade. Yeah, the lampshade thing. <laughs> It got us thinking. I'm sure you've got a story to tell. Um, let's go to our callers. Brad, you've got a workplace in- injury. What happened? Uh, g'day, guys. How you going? Good. Great, brother. Good. Yep, yeah. I was um, actually uh, driving guard trucks, reloaders, and um, I was pushing some metal uh, actually into the back of the garbage truck, and the metal went through my hand and pulled my whole hand into the garbage truck. And, no. Yeah, actually it, yeah. Did you did you lose your head? Uh, no, actually not. But uh, yeah, it was a good six years, six seven years of recovery. Wow, uh, that is about a, a compactor on a garbage truck. Put your hand in there. That is freaking oh. me right out. Thanks, Brad. Michelle's on the line. Michelle, uh, what's your job? Good morning. Uh, morning I'm Michelle. a paramedic. Okay, well, I'm hoping that uh, there's been nothing too traumatic in your workplace that's caused injury. Um, I was accidentally defibrillated whilst attending to a patient. <laughs> so, hang on a second. Your 
what happened? What, did you do it yourself? Was there a co-worker? What, what was the story? No, no. Look, it was an accident. Um, it, it was somebody else that accidentally defibrillated me instead of the patient. Oh, oh. Were, you, were you not moving at the time? Were you unconscious at the time? Were you laying on the ground? What was, uh, what was the... Yeah, I was. Um, I was on somebody's chest doing CPR and um, I was accidentally defibrillated and, and knocked unconscious myself. Oh, wow. uh, and what I like the way you pronounce defibrillate. Yes. <laughs> I should I'm glad. Good, good yeah, on you, Michelle. Wow. Thanks for the call. Matt's on the line. Uh, Matt, workplace injury, please. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I uh, cut keys and was having a conversation with a customer cutting their key, and as I pushed it up to cut the key, instead of a high-pitched grind, it's made a really low one, and I'm like, that didn't sound right, and I looked down and I cut my finger in half. Stumpy, so if you've got a stump there that represents your finger, or is your finger intact? No, no, my finger's intact. I just super glued it up and <laughs> super glued it up. and carried on. That's oh, the spirit. That's our that's listeners. The, that's the old key cut I know and love. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Tony's on the line. Tony, uh, what happened to you, mate? Workplace injury? Yeah, mate, I've got a couple. I um, dropped a glass door down the front of my shin and stripped it back to the bone. Oh. Oh, there you go. That'll, uh, that'll yeah, get your that attention. Yeah, And, and what was the other one? Yeah, got What was shot. the other one, mate? Okay. <laughs> I got shot, shot in an arm data. I beg your pardon? What? He got shot in the... <laughs> <Where> <laughs> Matt, what, you buried what you the doing? lead there. Yeah. You, you've yeah, gone with dropped good. glass door, not I got <laughs> shot. How did you get shot? Mate, I was manager in a pub, and yeah, just they've come in, and the guy was a little bit fidgety, shall we say, and uh, yeah, off went the gun. But the worst part was, after he shot us, he started apologising. Oh, Where'd you get shot? What, what part of your body was was shot? Mate, I, I had it like right down my right hand side. Got a piece taken in my chest, piece taken in my groin. Had a piece scrape of my eyeball. Uh, you know, the pub I used to work, that was a pass out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great shot. Roadhouse. All right, I think we have a winner. I think so. I think you oh, get Tony. smashing pumpkin tickets, Tony, <laughs> yes. for sure. We're never going to do better than that. It's Will Anderson, friend Yay. of the show. How are you, Will? Uh, thank you very much. For, thank you very much for having me this morning. I join you from a city in mourning. Um, well. Obviously, you know, the big news that Adelaide had made a play for the, the Sydney yeah. Test match. They only actually made that play. They wanted to make a play for the Sydney Olympics, and someone told them that it already happened. <laughs> And they haven't quite caught up to that in Adelaide yet. So they've gone with the Sydney test. And they had one pitch as well. This was yeah. it. They literally had one pitch was, it won't rain. That was it. And they thought it was a pretty compelling pitch, to be honest with you. Um, it's a, it's a well, actually, pitch. Two, two pitches. They had two pitches. They were going to uh, yeah. make it another day-night test match, of course. And a lot of people don't like the pink ball. So Adelaide were going to go with an orange ball based on a, a, on a fruit chock. So basically, they were going to have a chocolate centre and then an orange coating around the outside. That was the real theme they were going to bring to it. It was a bold plan. I can't believe it it didn't uh, come off. Uh, The mood would be sombre, I suppose. There will be rioting. I guess people will be tipping over cars in the streets. There'll be uh, kind of of end-of-the-world-style antics. I mean, not cars, but those electronic scooters they get about the city on. They have been tipping those over all over the place. It's like LA after the riots. Do you, have nah, different audience, do you have different audiences for different states? Like, as you travel travel around with your comedy show, is there like is there different hecklers from different states? Do you cop it from Adelaide more, or from Tasmania, or from Melbourne? Is there 
One is in it, particular. I will tell you this, MJ. So basically, so during the Fringe Festival, so Adelaide's got a heat wave at the moment, right? And so during yeah. the Fringe Festival, mostly you're not performing in proper venues, performing in tents and, you know, stuff in the yeah. park. So it's not ideal conditions, basically. Like, it's like it's like the Aussies going to India. You're like, this is not yes. the track I'm used to. It's going to play, play a couple of tricks. I might have to get the runs as early as I can before I get out. Uh, but I am very lucky this week that I'm performing in this box. So it's not a tent. It's like a wood wooden box and it's one of the only venues that has air conditioning so basically that's my pitch this week is just come along sit in the quiet like it's cold it's cool you don't even have to enjoy the show put your headphones in you don't have to listen just pay your dollars stay, stay cool. and sit in a cool room but if, if I don't know if you've ever been to Adelaide in February and March, MG, but basically this is the festival time of Adelaide. Yeah. So what Adelaide yeah. does is they go hard in February and March for one month. They have the Fringe Festival, the Arts Festival, Woem Adelaide. Like they all yeah. happen at exactly the same time. And then of Riders course the good festival. And then uh, for 11 months, the people at Adelaide just go back to sleep, right? <laughs> they just like push snooze, <laughs> complain about Cane Corns, see you again in February, right? That oh, is Cane basically Corns. what they do. What about him? What about Cane Corns? I, I, so I, remember. I will say this. They, when it comes to audience members, there was a mother-in-law in my front row the other night, Mick, yeah. and she's from the UK. And I said yeah. to her, I said, oh, you come here to visit your family. He goes, yeah, her son married an Adelaide girl. They live there together. She goes, I've right. been here for seven months. They've all been in February and March. So Adelaide has been on its best mother-in-law behaviour for seven months. She thinks it's the best place on earth. I remember the first time I played in a theatre in Adelaide. It was in 1987 and I was on a Melbourne Uni review tour. Wow. And we played at this theatre. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember. And, and in those days, they were cowboy days and you didn't know if anyone was going to turn up or not. And we're backstage in the theatre, and they have, for anyone who's never been backstage in a big theatre, they have speakers, which puts the sound of what's happening in the auditorium out there so you can get the vibe backstage. Mm. Anyway, with about five minutes to go, I've gone up to the stage manager, I've said, for F's sake, mate, can we put these speakers on so I can get some kind of feel for what's going on out there? He goes, mate, they've been on for 20 minutes. (laughs) And, And I... I, I, and I swear this is true. Just really, think it, it, it couldn't get any worse. We're, pl- we're playing. We're playing in the theatre. There's about eight people in this room that holds about four hundred. And I swear to you, uh, just after interval, one of the audience members went into labour. So she had she wow. she went in, she went into labour, and then everyone else in the audience started attending to her. Until first responders turned up. So now absolutely no one is listening to anything we're saying from the stage area. But as I pointed out, if she has that baby, all of a sudden their attendance goes to nine. Running amok in the uh, town of Adelaide. Where do you stay? Do you have a, like a usual hotel? Like, do you have an entourage? Are you like Elvis in Vegas? What happens when mm. you get to Thanks, thanks for Adelaide. asking about my hotel, Mitt, because I actually need to tell you a story about my hotel, which is that oh, I okay. checked in. Not the best hotel in town, it's fair to say. I like to say somewhere that's away from other people. And I also like to say somewhere where, you know these, you understand this, Michael. And look, I'm not encouraging this to anybody, but there are these (laughs) new hotels that have balconies, but the entire hotel is non-smoking. Like even if you're outside, like, whereas if you go back 
far enough down the rung of quality. If you keep dropping your price, eventually you'll find a hotel where they let you do pretty much whatever you want. And that's the sort of hotel that I'm staying in. Yes, like, I like when, it. Well done. When there's, a, when there's a bump in the night, you don't go and investigate. You just check if there's a body next to your room the next day. That's the sort of hotel I stay in. And yeah, this is a good right. sign. If there's not a chalk outline on the carpet, you're good to go. I assume that was the actual welcome. Like, I thought, oh, this is really nice. A little bit of art that they've done here in the foyer. No, that's the chalk outline, mate. The cops are going to be here in a second. So it's really interesting pattern yeah. on the wall. Blood, yeah. That's blood, yeah. mate. That's splatter. We can't get it off. Yeah, don't use the black light in the room. That would be my advice to anyone oh, staying at this hotel. Please. So I'm Very checking cool. in. And the guy's like checking me in at the, the reception. And you know when like you can tell that something's gone wrong? And the, sometimes, you know, maybe the, the credit card hasn't come in for like to pay for the room or something like that. It's that sort of look, that look of yes. alarm. And he, he goes into his system and he said, oh, I'm so sorry about this, but I've just actually got to check something out. And it turns out that my name got flagged, not because of me, but because they have had two other Will, Will Andersons who stayed at that hotel and behaved so badly that they've been blacklisted from the entire franchise. And you I'm want like, a no-fly zone? I don't know. I, like, I've seen this hotel. I can't imagine what you would have to do that isn't already being done there, that they would blacklist you from that. I mean, these have got to be the guys who really planned 9-11. It's the only thing that I can think of. I want to find these new Will Ennisers. We've got to get them on. Uh, they'd be good for an interview. They should yeah. do their own festival shows. That would sound very interesting. Uh, can I tell you, my worst experience in a hotel uh, and was in Sydney, and I won't name the hotel because people would know it. It's, it's mm. called a relatively famous boutique hotel oh. in the, in the uh, Sydney, New South Wales area. Anyway, I checked into the hotel. I'd been stayed at this hotel before, and I went. First thing I did was go and have a shower because I'd just arrived. So I put my bags down. I went and had a shower, and when I came out, my <laughs> message light was flashing, and I go, "Well, that's interesting." Well, who would? I just checked in. I had the message light, and it's this thing that goes, "Tanya, Tanya, is Rebecca." Get out. Get out of the room now. What? He's on his way. <laughs> Rebecca. Beep. Oh beep. God. Beep. Right? And I go, it's still flashing. I get to the next message. Rebecca, please get out. <laughs> no. He's on his way. Right? I go downstairs and I go, excuse me, I just had some con quite concerning messages on my answer machine. Was there like a Rebecca who stayed here before me? And the guy by the counter goes, Rebecca? No, no, no Rebecca has ever stayed. <laughs> I'm going, what the hell is going on? Uh, we can, we, we're happy to change your room if you'd like, Mr. Malloy. No, yes, I'm just please. about Rebecca. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Rebecca never stayed here. Never, never heard the name Rebecca before today. There's never been a Rebecca stay at this hotel no. in the history of the hotel. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> Is there a mint on the pillow? I don't know. <laughs> How are the shows coming along, Will? Tell us about uh, the shows. I okay. love your shows. Mick, I know you're always like when I'm talking to the audience, you want to hear what they've oh, been up to. So favourite thing up in, in the world. I was up in Brunswick Heads last week, uh, northern New South Wales, northern rivers, and I was asking yeah. a couple in the front row what they did for a job, and they said that they were uh, holiday accommodation cleaners. So, you know, basically when people go up to Byron Bay for their holidays, afterwards they'll come in and clear, clean out the Airbnbs and things like yep. that. And so yep. I asked them the obvious question, uh, MG, that you're going to ask holiday cleaners, what is the weirdest thing 
that yeah. somebody has left behind, that you've discovered that somebody's <laughs> left behind. And it turns out it was a good day to go fishing because without hesitation, they said, well, actually, last week, uh, someone left three items in the room. One, yeah. a blindfold. Two, okay. a butt plug. And three... A large amount of loom. Oh. And all I could think was, well, if you've got the second one, I'm glad you've locked in the third one. Right? <laughs> I mean, that is the best game of Cluedo of all time. <laughs> and when are we going to Brunswick? <laughs> and, and was that someone else called Will Anderson? Yeah. Again, oh, oh, your was Rebecca there as well? <laughs> I know. Hey, I good on you, Will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Love you, brother. You're always fantastic. We love having you on the show. We'll check in with you soon. And uh, we always get more than we bargain for with the great Will Anderson. Yay. Thanks, boys. Bit of a blow, guys, for the future King of England, King Charles. How the coronation concert is not working out as he would like. Major stars are turning down requests to perform. Um, it's been a huge blow. Adele and Ed Sheeran, both. No, thanks. Can't help wow. you. And I mean, mm. I'd say that's the first time Ed Sheeran said no to anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's everywhere, isn't he? Yeah, you know what I mean? He, he played a lute in Game of Thrones for 10 seconds. I mean... Come on, he's not choosy. No. He was in the movie yesterday as well. He, he's, he's everywhere. He uh, he doesn't mind getting it out, but uh, even he's gone, no, that's not a good look for me. Um, so we're starting to think he could be in trouble, uh, the king. And the coronation, and by the way, Titus has joined me. Uh, he's still joining us in the studio because you had an interesting fact about the ki- the king's uh, crown. Well, when he, when, Prince, when he became Prince of Wales back in 1969, he was given a new crown because the other crown had been nicked by his grandfather who stood down as king and went to Europe. So they literally needed to design a new crown from scratch. That's a knock one up. Yeah, in, it's, called in the Prin- it's called the Prince of Wales Coronet. And it's sort of, they said, we want a futuristic design. So the design had sort of this little ball on top of it and they didn't know how to make it. Because they have to like electromagnetic attach gold to something. So it's a ping pong ball. So if you Google the image on on the top of his crown from when he was Prince of Wales is a is sits royally is the Powerball. <laughs> you can coronate him and win Powerball. All in the same title. Hey guys, we need some suggestions as yes. to what what we can do. MG, I know you can oh. help him out with well, who, who, musical acts. Who should go? Well, he's the king, so I'm going along with the king theme. I've got a couple here. Um, one of my favourite bands of the '80s was Go West, and they had this song. <laughs> That's my favourite. My favourite phrase of the show this year. Uh, MG saying one of my favourite bands in the eighties was Go West. And that was it doesn't Twins. ring. It doesn't ring true no. to me. Who else? This, this has got to be the one they play. And I think Peter Garrett, get your ass over there, my man, because they they need some oils. Not bad. I think we should go in a different direction. Okay. And I think we should, uh, he, sh- he should make a statement <laughs> and get it out. And maybe uh, approach a band like, I don't know, Slipknot. Oh. <laughs> 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 that would be good. Uh, you could put Camilla in one of their film clips and be just as haunting. <laughs> what about, what about some nine inch nails? Oh. <laughs> 
Lord. Well, here it comes. <laughs> you haven't got Camilla. Not on that. Not on that instance. What about you, Tash? Have you brought anything to the table? I want. Uh, well, there's all the speculation about who's going to attend, of course, and yeah. we, I want Megan's half sister Samantha as MC. Well, that would be fun. Wow. That would be What's fun. She sing? <laughs> I don't know what song. I just now, want Prince, her to be MC. Prince, Prince Harry could sing, couldn't he? Oh. Didn't, we, didn't we have a bit oh, yes. from his book? Yeah. No, not yet. Oh, we don't. No, but we do well, have this. He... We do have this guy. Steve Smith. Since Ed Sheeran can't be there. Uh, and Titus, did you have anything you wanted to hear? Well, going a bit different to Mick's direction, I, I think something that classes up and lives up to the dignity of the moment. Yeah. Bit of Sir Mix a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh. I like big <laughs> Bluey once again has left Americans scratching their heads, wondering about how we pronounce certain words. They just never learn, these idiots. Uh, so. A new clip's gone viral on social media due to one word, airport, uh, is pronounced. I'm not going to the airport. Yeah, you are. There it is. We'll play that once again. Airport. I'm not going to the airport. Yeah, you are. It's just airport. You're saying the word airport. I don't see what the problem is, but it has stumped Americans who are having their own bizarre attempts to say the word. I guess they say airport. Airport. Let's have a listen to them. Well, we can't because we don't have that grab. Oh. <laughs> okay. It sparked an interesting conversation, though, Mick, about often we think about words and, of course, as journalists or newsreaders, the pressure's on always to get the words right. Have you ever had a, a, a word you can't say or a, one that if you see coming up on the auto cue that you go... I skip oh. over it. Uh, <laughs> phenomenon. Phenomenon. Oh. And I'll just say it, it was Phenomenal. <laughs> I just Phenomenon. switch it straight Phenomenon. around. Phenomenon. Now, you're not the only newsreader no. to have that issue. <laughs> There's a newsreader from Melbourne. Is it Mel Walden? Yep. Lovely Mal, who yeah. I used to uh, work with. Who was uh, – this stumped him all the time. Have we got we Mel do. live on the cha- Channel 10 News, it was at the time. Now to an out-of-this-world phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this word. Phenomenon. <laughs> was that live? Yes. I love that was Mal. live. He, he, he had a few cracks at that uh, on different nights, and I think in the end they used to put it in his auto cue yes. just to annoy him. Yes. MG, I'm Ron Burgundy. MG, words that you can't pronounce, are they there? Uh, defibul- defibul- defibrillator. <laughs> defibrillator. Defibrillator. <laughs> I've got one at my gym, and. Uh, <laughs> what, what, have you, what have you got at your, what have you got at your gym? <laughs> defibrillator. <laughs> A defibrillator. Defib. Defib. No, spell U- it out. D E F. It's a defibrillator. I B. Defib. Defibrillator. I L A T. Defib. Defibrillator, baby. Defib. Do you want to buy a vowel there? Is there something else we can do for you? I need more than a vowel, Mickey. Is that the only? Is that the only word? Is there anything else? A lot of people. Oh, nice people out there like to say that I can't say the word mid-sentence ask. I can say it like now. Use it in a sentence. I asked you to be on time. I asked you to be. 
Mick, what about you? You must be able to say what right. I am. I've never made a mistake in my life. Oh, I'm like, a, I'm like a, I'm a Shakespearean actor. Get, get stuffed a lot of years. Kat, is there a troublesome word for you? Yeah, and it's horrible when you're a music jock on uh, Triple M. I can't say garage. Garage? garage? Yeah, garage. That's garage. So the Triple M garage session, I had to say that for months you, when we were running what? the Triple M garage session. Say it again. Garage. <laughs> garage. Just say garage. it. Garage. 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 Oh, wow. Garage at garage. That's, carport? That's, that's <laughs> the Triple M carport session. That's what it should have been. Airport. Airport. Um, one triple three five three. If you've got a word you can't say, ring us up and we'll laugh at you. Hannah's on the line. What's your problem, Hannah? Well, my problem is that you guys need to go get your first aid certification rechecked because the word's actually defibrillator with an R, and no one, De- no one pronounced it right. Well, that's a bit De- like fib- fib- that's defibrillator. Defibrillator. We, you know what? Defibrillator. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, Le- Guy Leach, the Iron Man. He was the one who's come to my gym and, and installed it, and he said, oh, he told me the right words, but I, every time I go to say it, I know that's exactly what you're saying is right. I just, I just can't get my head around. It's kind of like when I say February, I forget the R. There's an R after a B. Let's let's unpack this. Defibrillator. Defibrillator. No. Defibrillator. Defibrillator. There you go. I can say it. Defibrillator. That's easy. How, and how, do you, how do you know that, Hannah? Who made you the right? Who made you the, made you the god of calling something? I went to this different. little thing called school. <laughs> oh, good. Boom, Tish, Hannah. Let's send it somewhere. Uh, uh, Hannah calling, of course, from Tamarama. <laughs> Is that annoying you? Am I annoying you now, Hannah? I'm really trying to. Okay, well done. Right. <laughs> We've got heaps of calls. I don't, I don't care how you pronounce it. I'll just know I need one one day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be calling for it. Quick, defibrillator. Defibrillator later. Hey, guys, do you like chili? MG, you a chili Love fan? It. Do you Love put it chili. on everything? Red or green? What's your favourite? Red. Red. Yeah. Oh, I like a cat. You're nodding Love away. It. Love it hot. I love chili. It's one of the great things. I have just, a good friend of mine, though, I did see one day, uh, Russell Gilbert, you know yep. him, uh, one of our great comedians. He uh, he loves Thai food and cooks with chili. And one day I saw him cooking with chili and then put his contact lenses in. Oh. And to this day, I have never seen a man in more pain. <laughs> In more pain than ever. So a tip for beginners, uh, take your contacts out or if you're cooking with the chili. Now, I bring it up because New Mexico, which is a state uh, of the USA, have made roast chili its official state aroma. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I lived there. It does actually have that aroma. It, is that true? Yeah, it really does. And they're, they're, they're fixated on it. It's the chili capital of the world. I mm. think they produce 60% of all chili domestically, and they do pride themselves on uh, on it. So uh, do you think that's fair and it represents and encapsulates the feeling and the mood and uh, the aura of that particular town? So good on them. It got me thinking, mm. guys. Uh, what would be the official aroma of Sydney? Good question. Good question. Is there such a thing? Would you? Mm. Is there something that you think of that you go? That's a quintessentially Sydney barbecue. 
Maybe barbecues Ooh, yes. cooking over yeah. summer. I think you uh, need to section it up in yeah, Sydney because it's so big. Yeah. Uh, so, so West Sydney would be, I don't know, the aroma of bus fumes. <laughs> mm, that's more the city. I would say the city. <laughs> the what? I would say Sydney would be more that. I'd like to Sydney petrol. would be that. Yeah, the well, centre of Sydney. They're out west, I think, out my way would be um, you get you get the gum trees, you get the barbecues, you get a bit of, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that. Three-day-old dead body. Yeah, in the, <laughs> the, Pan, the Pan River. <laughs> See, as, as someone new to Sydney, I'd probably say your state odour is the B.O. of a cab driver you pick up at the airport. <laughs> yeah, that's no? the representation, no. What about you, Kat? What are you saying? I would say I'm Piemont, so I'm right near the casino and the Piemont Bridge Hotel, so it just smells of money and vodka lime soda. <laughs> Tash, you're from the leafy suburbs. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, Castle Castle you are, you're in the top 1%. No, I'm you've not. Got a, you've yes, got a harbourside mansion no, I in the northern suburbs. You <laughs> have. And yes. I grew up in the country, as you know, Miss Mudgee, 1864. No, Miss Mudgee. Yeah. The best aroma for me, which reminds me of summer, is the smell of cut grass. You know how you've just finished mowing oh, yeah. the lawn? Because I have started mowing our lawn now. Oh. And what, about, what about Glenn? What's, I, what's Glenn doing? The feeling of doing a hedger, getting a, at a hedger or a blower or cutting your own grass Pardon? is liberating. So you just a, a hedger, blower, and cutting your own grass. That sounds like something else. <laughs> Off maps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you, I love you, can ca- you can catch Tash on the next episode of Farmer Wants a Wife, everybody. <laughs> Bondi, Bondi, I, I can't encapsulate. It kombucha. Smells like the, oh. No, kombucha. Uh, smells like the sweet scent of burnt Englishman. Yeah. What, about, what, about, what about Melbourne, where you're from, Mickey? What's Melbourne's, what's Melbourne's scent? Uh, it's, it's the smell of Coffee. people disappearing up their own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look back at the week that was on Mick and MG in the morning. This week, we attempted to help out the king with his coronation performers. One of my favourite bands of the 80s was Go West, and they had this song. <laughs> That's my favourite my favorite phrase, MG, saying one of my favourite bands in the 80s was Go West. That, <laughs> and that was that doesn't Twins. ring true no. to me. Maybe uh, approach a band like, I don't know, Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> you can put Camilla in one of their film clips and be just as haunting. <laughs> what about some Nine Inch Nails? Oh, oh, oh. oh Lord. Here it comes. <laughs> we do have this guy. Since Ed Sheeran can't be there. You joined us as we confessed our most expensive mistakes. Bought a really hot SS Commodore Ute. <laughs> Any problem was it was manual, and I couldn't drive manual at the time. So the lights went green. I kangarooed the brand new Ute out in the middle of the expressway. <laughs> car came in T-boned me, but the car was a write-off. $25,000 car, gone. I had my auntie's funeral when I was younger. I broke the frame that had her photo displayed in it. No. It was at the wake, probably near the food bar. So everyone just stopped and paused and I just burst into tears. Never get between Tanya and the food bar at a wake. Many years ago, Mum had this, oh, God, ugly vase. I didn't realise it was my mother's grandmother's vase when I threw it out. Was it expensive? Oh, hell yeah, apparently so, yeah. It was worth about 40000 oh, No! Oh, 
lucky mum passed away, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> we hired two jet skis. I don't know why. In the middle of Port Phillip Bay, how do you run into another jet ski? Well, we oh, did. We and as we were coming back in, the guy goes, how'd you go out there? I go, well, there's no issues here. And the thing was so low, you couldn't see the jet ski, just the handlebars <laughs> and, and my head. Come <laughs> going, no drama. Mick had some alternative ideas for a new Australian tradition. Harry Styles. Doing what is an Aussie tradition, uh, the shoey. The actual tradition was invented right here in Australia by Dave Reynolds from Supercar fame. I do like his shoey though. No one's taken up the craze that I tried to start, which is eating a whopper out of your underpants. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and this weekend, Sheeran was celebrated for flying on a commercial flight. I'd like to see him on the 501 bus to Parramatta. <laughs> then, then we'll see just how good he is. He also performed. Did you hear this? At the Queensland Children's Hospital. And by all reports, it worked as hundreds of kids were seen leaving the hospital as soon as they could. Um, (laughs) But if you want to be a real hero, get on a Jetstar flight and take your chances. (laughs) See you queuing up for eight hours to possibly miss the flight and then miss your concert. See how that goes down. Mick also toyed with the idea of getting three wives like a man in the US. We all share one bed. I like to be snuggled up in the middle. You know, a lot of people right now are thinking about the three times the sex. I'm thinking about three times the nagging. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about three times the silent treatment. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Three three times the stink eye. Three times the when you come home late, where the hell have you been? I know. Imagine they surround you. They would surround you and get you. On to Englishmen. What suburb in Sydney has a whiff of them? Bondi. Kombucha. Like oh. No, kombucha. Uh, smells like the sweet scent of burnt Englishmen. Yeah. What about <laughs> Melbourne, where you're from, Mickey? What's Melbourne's, what's Melbourne's scent? Uh, it's, it's the smell of Coffee. people disappearing up their own ass. <laughs> Then Mick took us back to Hawaii. I was in Hawaii. I was watching the news. And I kid you not, the newsreader is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirt. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> and I liked being in Hawaii too because I'm actually a, a medium. <laughs> and sent Tash back to the newsroom. All right, go and get into your stuffy little news box there, <laughs> Natasha Belly, which, which smells of... Lynx Africa. Oh, Turn off how good is Lynx Africa? <laughs> <laughs> Sam Pang joined us and helped MG get to know Mick. Sammy, who would play Mick in a uh, movie biop? And uh, what would the title of the movie be called? If Mick and I ever did the story of Guzman and Gomez, I think we'd probably, <laughs> <laughs> we'd probably, we could probably pull that off and buy a pick of those two. It's a Cinderella story. Got, is that who you're going to get to play? We get Guzman and Gomez to play us in the movie. Yes. And we finish on a warning for hotel guests across Sydney. Hotels need to understand this. You know how they don't provide you an ashtray anymore? What I'm here to tell you is smokers are still using stuff around that room yeah. as an ashtray. Mm-hmm. Next time they get a coffee cup or a teacup out... <laughs> Rest assured, <laughs> the night before, there were 40 cigarette butts oh, in that cup of, of tea. That was the week that was on Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M Sydney.